Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. All right, I am really excited to share with you today. I really think that God has given me a word that is going to encourage you. Um, We're going to talk today about faith and uh, the title of my, what? Oh, and we're going to dismiss the kids. Y'all go have fun in your class. I've got like airplane signals going on in the back. Sorry about that, kids. (laughs) So we're going to talk about faith today, and the title of my message is Don't Stop Believing. I know that we all have things that are difficult in our life, And it's hard to keep believing when you don't see the answer right away. But today, I really hope this message is going to encourage you. And I just loved those jokes that Shannon shared about Hawaii. I haven't even thought about looking up Hawaii jokes. That's awesome. (laughs) So I have a a joke for you this morning. It has nothing to do with Hawaii or my message. I just thought it was funny. So here you go. All right, so there's a man... He goes to a farm. He sees that the farmer has a pig with a wooden leg. And the man is like, farmer, what is up with your pig with the wooden leg? And the farmer says, let me tell you about this pig. Okay, this is what happened. There was a fire, and the pig squealed. And the pig saved us all from the fire. It was squealing, and it like saved our life because it let us know there was a fire. And the man says, oh, did the pig lose its leg in the fire? And the, the farmer says, no, the pig was fine. But let me tell you about this other time there was a bear. The bear was trying to attack me, and here comes the pig squealing, and it like headbutts the bear, and the bear stops attacking me. And the man says, oh my gosh, did the bear attack your pig, and that's how it lost its leg? The farmer says, no, the pig was fine. But let me tell you about this other time that my tractor, I lost control, I went into the pond, I lost consciousness, next thing I know, the pig has gone into the pond and dragged me out. And the man is like, did the pig get hurt when it was helping you? And the farmer says, no, the pig was fine. The man says, why does your pig have a wooden leg? And the farmer says, a pig that special, you don't eat all at once. (laughs) You're welcome for that. Thank you. I like that one. All right. So now that I have you all loosened up, we're going to pray. All right. Here we go. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for our church family. God, we thank you so much that you want us to have faith and more faith. God, help us to not stop believing for the things that are in our heart, the things that you have for us. And be with me today as I bring your word. Amen. All right, so as I'm talking about faith, I want you to think about, maybe it's already sprung to your mind. Maybe there's already something in your heart that you know, this is the thing that I'm believing for, or this is the thing that I've given up believing for. If you've been waiting for a long time, it's really easy to give up hope, but God wants you to keep believing and coming to him. So we're going to talk today about a Bible story where some people had a a challenge with having enough faith. And the Bible story is recorded in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but we're going to focus on the account in the book of Mark. So in Mark chapter 9, leading up to the story, 
we, we see the, the story of Jesus. He went up on a mountain with Peter, James, and John, and there was a transfiguration. His glory was revealed. God spoke. Elijah came down. It was like a whole thing. And when they come down from the mountain, that is the story that we're going to get into today. We're going to read Mark 9, verses 14 to 26. Are you ready for the Bible? Amen. I love it. Okay. So, when they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered, it has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. I love this Bible story. It's one of my favorites because I think it's just so real. You get to see the man, what he was dealing with, how Jesus responded. And so let's break it down. Let's talk about it a little bit more. So Peter, James, and John are with Jesus up on the mountain. And they come down from the mountain to this scene where there's a big argument about this boy that had been brought to Jesus' disciples and they had not been able to heal him. And I think maybe the teachers of the law were like trying to discredit Jesus, like, oh, see, like your your disciples aren't so great. They couldn't even they couldn't even do this. And so we know that the disciples had driven out demons before, because you can read earlier in Mark that Jesus sent them out two by two and they preached. And they cast out demons, and people were healed. And so we know that it was something that they could do, but in this instance, it hadn't happened. And so the boy's father comes forward to explain the situation, because Jesus is like, what are you guys arguing about? I guess he maybe knew, but maybe he just was saying it, you know. One of those, like, did he know? And then, never mind. Okay, so in the Matthew account, we see that the father knelt down before Jesus and said, Lord... When I read this, I was thinking, oh, did like this man have a revelation that Jesus is God? But when I looked at the, the word translated, it just means like sir or mister. So it's like a word of reverence and respect, but not necessarily him knowing that Jesus is God. And so he said, Lord, have mercy on my son. And so when Jesus asked the boy to be brought to him, the demon was like freaking out because 
the demon knows that Jesus has authority over him. So the spirit threw the boy into a convulsion, and Jesus is like having a pleasant conversation with the father. The son's having an episode, and he says, okay, so how long has it been like this? And uh, we know from the account in Luke that this boy is the father's only son. And um, he could not hear. He could not speak. He had these convulsions, and the spirit tried to kill him by throwing him into fire or throwing him into water. And I don't know how long he was afflicted, because it just says from childhood, but he's still a boy, so could be years. I don't know. But I do know that one day with your child being constantly in threat of death, you can't speak to them, they can't hear you, you can't really have communication with them, and they're constantly in danger of dying. I don't know how long it was, but I think one day would have been too long for me. And so it's very difficult for him. And the father says, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus says, if you can, Jesus is God. He like made the universe. He made the universe. Of course he can. He said, everything is possible for one who believes. And immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. I don't know how many times I have thought of this verse when I'm having a challenge with faith. And I say to God, I do believe. Help me with my unbelief. Help me with the places where it's hard for me to believe. And when Jesus says everything is possible for one who believes, that word in Greek means to believe to the extent of complete trust and reliance. To believe in, to have confidence in, to have faith in. And so the man is saying, I do have complete trust and reliance. Help me when I don't have complete trust and reliance. I remember when I was a kid, um, we were not the kind of family where, like, my parents just, like, bought us a lot of stuff. It was one of those. But I could usually get away with something if we were in the Christian bookstore because, you know, (laughs) it was Christian, and so therefore my mom was more motivated to want me to have it because, you know, that kind of thing. So we were in the Christian bookstore one day, and I see this poster of a kitten, and I was, like, obsessed with cats when I was a kid. And so I was like, can I have this poster? And... um, Mom said yes, which was really cool. So I had this poster in my room when I was a kid, and it was this little kitten. Like, it was so cute. But the little kitten was, like, hanging on to, like, a tree branch. And the phrase at the bottom of the poster said, faith isn't faith until it's all you're holding on to. And I remember it kind of stressed me out when I was a kid because I thought, well, faith sounds really difficult. (laughs) But I guess if there's something else for you to hold on to, it's not faith, right? I guess if you can rely on yourself or maybe there's like a lower branch that you can stand on and so you're not really hanging, maybe then it's not really faith. The father in this story, it's funny because like the father is God, but the father in the story is not. Okay, so the dad, maybe I'll say the dad. Okay, so the dad in the story did not have perfect faith. Jesus challenged him. And the man realized that he had belief and also unbelief. He had trust and also untrust. But, you know, the father had faced disappointment. He had been living with this son that had been tormented for I don't know how many years. He lived daily, moment by moment, seeing his son in danger. And he had brought his son to the disciples. 
I assume he was really bringing his son to Jesus, but Jesus was unavailable because he was up on a mountain being transfigured because he's really God. Um, anyway, so he had brought Jesus, he had brought them to Jesus, but Jesus wasn't there. So the disciples, he's like, hey, can you do this? And he must have been really disappointed because I'm sure he had heard Jesus can heal people. Jesus can deliver people from demons. And I'm sure he thought, I need Jesus to help me. And so when it didn't happen, I bet he was really disappointed. And you know, sometimes your faith gets shaken. Sometimes there's times that you believe and you haven't received your answer yet. And that's when you really have a decision to make. Are you going to give up? Or are you going to keep going to God and believing that he is good and he cares for you? This dad did not give up. He went back to Jesus. He fell down at his feet and called him Lord. He did not have perfect faith, but he still went to Jesus. Did Jesus like reject him and refuse to heal his son because his faith was not good enough? No. Go to Jesus with the faith that you have. The amount of faith that you have, go to Jesus. He's not going to reject you because your faith is not good enough. He might challenge you. He wanted to increase this dad's faith, and he wants to increase your faith too, but you need to go to him. When Jesus saw that there was a crowd coming, I think he was trying to avoid more of a commotion. He just quickly rebuked that spirit, commanded him to come out, and when the spirit left, the boy was so still, everyone was like, uh, so the spirit's gone. But now he's dead. Um, but he wasn't dead, and Jesus... I just love, I just love this part. He took him by the hand. So he's on the ground. So he took him by the hand and he lifted him up. He was completely healed. Jesus took him by the hand. He healed the boy despite the imperfect faith of those that were asking for the miracle. And he's able to do the same for you. What do you need Jesus to do for you? What miracle do you need to see? Go to Jesus with the faith that you have. Ask him. Have faith and trust him completely. Don't give up. So in the Matthew account, we see that the disciples later after this happened, they like in private were like, um, hey, hey Jesus, we're just wondering, um, why couldn't we cast out this demon? And we read in Matthew 17, 20, Jesus' reply. He replied, because you have so little faith, Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So the disciples had too little faith. They had too little complete trust and reliance on God. And we also have times when our faith is small, but Jesus is trying to encourage us here. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, nothing will be impossible for you. So like in my mind's eye... I was going to go to the store and buy some mustard seeds. And then you wouldn't have been able to see them because they're super small. But I was going to do it. But just imagine, if you will, that there's a mustard seed here. And it's like one to two millimeters. It's like so tiny. It's like the head of a pin. You can barely see it. And that's the size of faith that Jesus says, if you have this much faith, you can do anything. Nothing will be impossible. Now, a mustard seed amount of faith. Do you know that a mustard seed is super teeny? But a mustard tree can grow up to, not always, it's possible, up to 30 feet tall. And I was thinking 30 feet tall. 
all right? Caleb is six feet tall. That's like five Caleb's stacked on top of each other. That's big from one to two millimeters. So a mustard seed amount of faith put in the direction of an all-powerful and loving God can accomplish anything. Nothing will be impossible. I don't think it's the size of your faith that matters. It's who you put your faith in. It's not about the size of your faith. It's who you're trusting. You're completely trusting in him. And Hebrews 11.1 describes faith this way. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So faith is about who you're trusting. Are you trusting in your ability to believe, or are you trusting in him and his ability? Faith is about hoping and believing that God is able and willing to help us. We do not see him. We can't see him with our eyes. And we we can't see the thing that we're believing for, but our faith is in him that he is good and that he has our best interest at heart. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says this, Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, that's a good starting point, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now there's a lie that the enemy has been trying to tell us ever since the garden, ever since Adam and Eve. And the lie is that God does not love us, that he does not have our best interest at heart, and that he is withholding from us. Then he was like, oh, but don't you think that fruit looks good? Oh, it's too bad God's mean and he won't let you have it. He's trying to keep that away from you. And they bought the lie and we buy the lie. We buy the lie that God does not love us, that he is not for us. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's not true. He loves you. He does not withhold good from you. He did not withhold even his only son. He gave him up to die on the cross for you so that you could be saved and healed and delivered. Are you earnestly seeking him? Are you persistent in praying and believing? It's easy to give up, but the pressure is not to have perfect faith, but to put the mustard seed amount of faith that you have in a perfect God. So it's interesting because mustard seed faith is mentioned two places in the Bible, in that that verse in Matthew that I mentioned, and also in Luke 17, verses 3 3 through 6. And it's a little bit of a different context. Jesus said, so watch yourselves. Ooh, okay. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Okay, that's good. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day, and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, You must forgive them. And the disciples said, "Uh, increase our faith. They thought, this is too much. You mean someone's just going to keep, keep, keep doing things and I have to keep forgiving them? Jesus is like, yes. They said, okay, we need more faith for that. Do you have any people in your life that cause you to need more faith? That That definitely happens sometimes. So I recently had an experience where I needed to increase my faith. And some of you know that we've been uh, working with uh, some Afghan believers, and I had an experience where my faith was challenged, but I really decided to keep on believing. Let me tell you about what happened. So in August, our friends who are missionaries in Central Asia told us of some Christian families who were desperately trying to get out of 
Afghanistan. So these families were from a tribe that the Taliban hates and wants to get rid of and kill. And some of them were also known to be Christians, and so they were very much under threat. It was a time of great turmoil in Afghanistan. Uh, the news was full of desperate people trying to escape an evil regime. And so we as a church decided that we were going to take a week and pray every morning for Afghanistan and for these families specifically that they would be brought out. And so our friend told us that we were praying for several families, um, many with young children and babies, about 26 people in total. It was a desperate situation. So we met at church very early, very early in the morning to pray. And that week, I found it pretty easy to have faith. So we were praying all together. We were seeing God move. Things were happening. And uh, on August 27th, we found out that one of the families with two small children got out. We were so excited. Okay, so we've got four out. We've got 22 to go. And so we're praying. And then on August 30th, we learned that the Americans had left Afghanistan for good. And at that point, I was like, okay, God, um, that's not as easy now for you to find a way for them out of the country. Like, it's easier to have faith when you can see how God's going to do it, right? It's harder to have faith when you, you don't even know how it's possible for God to do it. And so the next day, which was August 31st, I heard a song that really made me think about our friends in Afghanistan that are desperate, they were desperate for God to move. It's called Believe For It by C.C. Winans. And as soon as I heard it, it helped me to keep believing God, to do a miracle. It reminded me that God can do the impossible. So the chorus says, from the impossible, we'll see a miracle. God, we believe, we believe for it. So it became my anthem. Whenever I heard it, I would pray for the Afghan believers. <clears throat> if I needed, <clears throat> excuse me, if I needed faith, I would put the song on. I asked Mike to play it at Friday night worship and prayer. And every time I heard it, it really increased my faith because it reminded me that God can do anything. I even sent the song to our friends in Central Asia and said, I am praying for these families. And so day after day, Mike was in contact with our friends. There were several times where like, it seemed like, oh, I think they're going to they're gonna get a, a way out. And then the next day, it didn't work. They had to go back home. <clears throat> I'm sorry. So thinking about these families with small children in hiding. Some of the children were getting sick. It was, they were so desperate. And here I am. I'm just trying to have faith. Like, I'm in my very safe home. My life is not under threat. But I'm struggling to have faith. And I'm thinking... How hard is it for them? Their life is in danger every moment of every day. They're trying to keep their children safe. And I'm imagining what could happen to their children if the Taliban get them. I'm sure they were imagining those things too. And it was really hard, really hard to keep having faith when you couldn't see a way out. But I just decided I was going to keep believing. I knew that God was able. I knew he could do it. I didn't know how he could do it. Finally, on September 20th, we got word that all of the families got out of Afghanistan. And I would like to tell you that I was like, of course. <laughs> I totally knew that that was going to happen. But I have to say, I was a little bit, like, shocked, but also so excited. Like, 
The thing that was impossible was made possible by our God. And we didn't give up, give up believing, even though it was hard to keep believing. And so there are times when your faith is going to need to be increased. So how do you increase your faith? I have come up with four ways. I am sure there are like 50 ways, but I'm just going to give you four today. And I decided to make all of them start with R for no reason. I just thought it would be fun. Okay, so the first way that you can increase your faith is, number one, request. Ask God to help you, like the disciples did. When Jesus is like, you have to keep forgiving people over and over when they keep hurting you, and the disciples are like, uh, increase our faith. We need more faith for that. If you need more faith, ask him. He's able to do it. He's going to answer that prayer. He answers every prayer that is us praying to be more like him and more like what we see in the word. So number one is request. Number two is research. You really need to learn about who God is. You really need to know him if you're going to trust him completely. And you can do this through going to church, attending online, reading the Bible, attending a life group or a Bible study. There are so many ways that you can learn more about the character of God. And the more that you get to know him, the more you're going to trust him. All right, number one, request. Number two, research. Number three, remember. Remember what God has already done in your life. It's so easy to forget what the prayers that he's already answered. All through the Old Testament, God is like imploring the Hebrew people, remember what I did for you. Tell your children about it. And time after time, they forgot. And generation after generation grew up not knowing about what, had God, what God had done. It's easy to forget, but it's important to remember. You might want to start a prayer journal. You might want to start writing down your prayers, writing down your answers to prayer. I guarantee that if you go back and look at that, you're going to see God answered prayers. It's going to increase your faith. Okay, so number one, request. Number two, research. Number three, remember. Number four, relationship. This is so important. You need to surround yourself with people who will believe with you. It's really important to have people who will pray with you. I find that when my faith is weak and I go to my friends, they are able to have faith with me and for me, and their faith increases my faith. And then you feel like you're not doing it all by yourself. You feel like you've got other people that are coming alongside you. It's so much harder to do it by yourself. So I really, I really want you to get some people who are going to believe God with you. And there are a lot of people right here in this church that will do that. So request, research, remember, relationship. I want to remind you that our faith is not in our ability to believe, but in God. It can be so easy to start focusing inward and to be thinking, okay, it's all about me. Do I have enough faith? Can I do it? Am I doing it right? When really, the focus should be on him. You go to him and you say, I do believe, help my unbelief, instead of just focusing on yourself. He's the one that we completely trust and rely on. We need to know him and trust him completely. We're not going to give up believing. Hebrews chapter 11 is like the hall of fame for people of faith. We've already read verse 1 and verse 6, and it mentions Noah 
and Abraham and Moses and so many others. But there's an interesting verse at the end of this chapter. Verse 39 says that these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. What does this mean? What did they believe for and not receive? The promise was the Messiah. The promise was the Savior. The promise was Jesus. And we, we have inherited that promise. We live in a time where Jesus has come. He's paid for our sins. He's gone to the cross. He's the Savior of the world. Through him, we can be saved and healed, just like this boy was healed. And if you have never decided to put your faith in Jesus, today is a great day to do it. Trust him. Rely on him. And if you make this decision, we really want to know about it. And so if you would go to our website, victorychristian.church, and click on Next Steps, we want to hear from you. We want to walk with you. We want to rejoice with you. And if you're here in the in-person service, please come up so that we can pray with you. So this is my question for you. What are you believing for today? Is there something or someone in your life that you've given up believing God for? Don't stop believing. Go to Jesus with the faith you have. Let's pray. Jesus, I just thank you so much that you are a God who's able, that you are a God who's willing, that you are a God who loves us. God, help us to not give up. Help us to keep believing. Help us to keep going to you with the issues that we have, with the prayer requests that we have, with the things that we need in our life. God, we know that you are able to supply all our needs. We love you so much, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.